Never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Side deals, secret promises, he's always got an agenda. Thanks for your support. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then, hello, 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 and welcome back. This is Storytime, and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for another episode of Storytime. Today's stories are about Independence Day, the 4th of July, the biggest American holiday there is. This is a decidedly American holiday because July 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence was signed and America became America! Yay, America! It's it's an interesting topic for me because Independence Day is important to all Americans. It, It means something. It seemed to mean something more when I was younger. It means something different as I'm older. And as I've gotten older, I've had a different perspective about Independence Day and what America is, what America was, and what America should be. Now, I try not to make too much political commentary in the podcast because this is supposed to be story time. It's my reminiscences about growing up. It's my feelings about things that happened in my past. But the stuff that happened in my past has influenced the way I've lived my life and influences the way I live my life today. When I was a kid, Independence Day, 4th of July, it was a picnic day. It was a parade day. It was a, a day off. It was a special kind of day because America, that was the feeling when I was growing up. It was just America, we're great. And that's what I grew up with. It was a celebration of everything American and it was hot dogs and hamburgers and festivities and parties and picnics and all good stuff. All truly American stuff. And yes, I keep saying it that way, but that was the, that was the feeling of America. It just wasn't America. It was America. We're great. That was what was instilled in me from childhood. And that's not to say that America isn't great, but America does have blinders on. And a lot of Americans have blinders on, especially in this day and age. But I want to try to tread away from that area for purposes of today's story time, because these are stories about what it was like when I was a kid. And what it was like when I was a kid was celebrations. The 4th of July was about celebrations. So we celebrated with food and we celebrated with picnics. Now, my dad was not a big outdoor eater, so we didn't do a lot of barbecuing. I barbecue a lot. As an adult, I love grilling and I love cooking out. My dad, not so much. He didn't like the taste of that charcoal on his hamburgers. So we didn't do a lot of grilling. I liked to do it, but he didn't like to do it or eat it. So we didn't do very much of it. (laughs) So our picnics were really more like... Uh, we take the food that mom cooked inside out onto the picnic table and do it outside. <laughs> that was our idea of a cookout. Mom cooked the food inside, we took it outside. As I got older and I discovered the thrill of a barbecue grill, I would every once in a while get my dad to agree to a barbecue. But I don't remember ever doing a 4th of July barbecue for my dad or for my family, my family as I was growing up. As a parent and as an adult, I've done 4th of July barbecues regularly and I enjoy them and I like having people over and having a couple of beers and having a couple of burgers and just hanging out on the 4th of July. But that's something that I did as an adult because it seemed the thing to do. As a kid, the thing to do was fireworks. That was the thing when I was a kid that the 4th of July was all about, fireworks. 
We wanted to have some, some kind of celebration with things blowing up and watching sky rockets burst into flame above us. That's what the 4th of July was about. And every year for the 4th of July, it was about going somewhere to see the fireworks. Now, we also were able to do our own mini fireworks at home. In New Jersey, it was against the law to actually have fireworks. And I have a story about that coming up. But all we were allowed in New Jersey was to have sparklers. Do you know what sparklers are? I don't even know if they have sparklers now like they did when I was a kid. A sparkler is essentially a metal stick with a flammable concoction on the stick that you could ignite and it would burn quickly, but not too quickly, and shoot off sparks. And you could hold the sparkler in your hand and you could swing it around and the sparks would fly. And you could draw your name in the air and the the, the sparks would leave a little residue in your retina as you watched the letters form in the air. And that was a cool thing. And you could run down the driveway holding a sparkler and you'd look like a runner carrying a torch. Or you could stand on the porch and look like the Statue of Liberty and hold your sparklers high. And that was what celebrating Fourth of July was around my house. But part of that celebration also involved finding the local fireworks display. So one of the things that my dad would always do is find out which town was doing the fireworks and when they were doing them. And we'd pack up the family in the car or the Volkswagen bus, depending on (laughs) what year we were talking about, and uh, load everybody up into the car and head towards the town where the fireworks were. Now, as I've said in other podcasts, my dad was not a big fan of traffic and he was not a big fan of lines. So we didn't actually go into the town or to the field where the fireworks actually were, because that would involve sitting in line, waiting to get parked, sitting in line, waiting to leave the parking lot. It was lines everywhere for fireworks. And my dad would not participate in that. So what he would do is drive close to the town and then pull off on the side of the road where we would have a view of the sky where the fireworks were going to take place. And then we would all either sit on the hood of the car or whatever angle we had, we would all camp out around the car and we'd take up our positions and wait for the fireworks display to go from wherever we happened to be. And we did this in various towns around us, depending on, again, which town was doing their fireworks at a time that my dad found convenient. And every year we did wind up going out to see fireworks Uh, For as far back as I can remember, that was the thing. We would have dinner, we'd have our sparklers at home, and then we'd hit the car and head out for the fireworks display. And that was 4th of July. Well, it was the 4th of July for the most part. There was one 4th of July that was extra special when I was growing up. And I'm old enough to have been there for the bicentennial 4th of July celebration. Yes, July 4th, 1976. 200 years since the signing of the Declaration of Independence, and America was abuzz with the Bicentennial Celebration. The Bicentennial was a huge thing. I mean, you've heard of huge things going on in the world. Back when I was growing up, now this is again before the internet, before electronic devices, before your computers. This was 1976, so the only source of information, the only source of news was the local newscasts, or the newspapers. And boy, were they trumpeting the bicentennial. Every week there was headlines about what's coming up and what was going on and TV commercials about the bicentennial celebration and this event and that event. And it was everywhere. Everywhere was talking about the bicentennial and the buildup just increased throughout the year. 
One of the big things that was happening on the East Coast in 1976 was what my mother called the tall ships. And I think that's what the event was called, the tall ships. It was Navy vessels from all over the world coming up the Hudson River to celebrate the bicentennial. I don't remember what the connection was because I was, I, I, again, I was pretty young at the time. So I was there and I was aware of it, but I don't remember what the significance of the tall ships was. And I haven't gone to look. <laughs> I'm sure there was a significance to it. But the fact that this fleet of ships, all kinds of ships, steamers and giant schooners and four-masted ships of every kind were coming up the Hudson River to celebrate the bicentennial. And so my mom wanted to see that. Again, traffic and lines was one of the problems, but my dad gave in on this one because mom really wanted to see the tall ships. Now, we didn't go to any of the official viewing points, but I do remember my dad found some place on the Palisades overlooking the Hudson River where the lines weren't too bad and the traffic wasn't too horrendous. And I remember finding this place and getting out of the car and watching the tall ships come up the river. I don't remember very much more than that. It was tall ships. It was tall ships coming up the river. And there was a lot of them. And it was hot. And we were watching them. And that's all I really remember about it. But it was important to my mom. My dad agreed to do it. So that's what we did. So that was part one of the bicentennial celebration. Part two was this epic fireworks display that was supposed to be over the Hudson River. And this was one of those gigantic displays that they talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks. And everybody was building up about it and how the fireworks were going to be the biggest you've ever seen. And it was supposed to be this immense celebration. And we wanted to see that too. The problem with that is it was going to be over the Hudson River and you had to go into either New York to see it from the New York side, or you could see it from the New Jersey side of the Hudson River. And to do that, you'd have to go to Hoboken or Jersey City or Weehawken. Yes, that's actually a town. Weehawken in New Jersey to get a good spot to sit and watch the fireworks. My dad, once again, trying to avoid the traffic and the lines, did not want to get caught up in any of those small towns. He didn't want to go into the city to look for a spot because going into the city involved crossing the George Washington Bridge or the Lincoln Tunnel. And that by itself is a traffic nightmare, especially on a holiday weekend and especially with the biggest fireworks display ever to be had in the history of mankind, or at least that's the way it was presented. So he did not want to get caught up in any of that. So I do remember Hoboken. I don't remember much about Hoboken because we spent much of the 4th of July in the back of the van looking for a vantage point in Hoboken from which we could see the fireworks over the Hudson River. I don't remember actually seeing the fireworks because much like our trip to Washington, D.C., and if you heard the podcast about our trip to Washington where my dad drove around and around and made lefts and rights and lefts and rights, trying to find the Iwo Jima statue. That's how we drove around Hoboken, trying to find a view of the Hudson River where we could see the fireworks. And I don't remember actually seeing the fireworks that year. I remember driving around. I remember it being dark. And I remember my dad cursing up a storm, which was par for the course with my dad driving anywhere to find something that he couldn't find easily. But I don't remember actually seeing the fireworks. So the biggest fireworks display of all time on the bicentennial of the United States is something that I missed. 
But we tried. We tried really, really hard to go see the fireworks. We just didn't quite make it. Now, as I got older and as a young adult, I did make the journey into New York City for one of the big Macy's fireworks displays. And it was everything that my dad <laughs> that my dad would have hated because it was traffic and it was parking and it was people everywhere and it was hot and it was crowded. But you know what? It's one of those experiences that you have to do. Now, my oldest was only four years old at the time. And I remember parking the car and I remember having to walk for blocks and blocks. And he was so little. And I remember picking him up and putting him on my shoulders and walking through the streets of New York to get from the east side to the west side. Because in the year that we went, they'd moved the fireworks from the Hudson River side to the East River side of Manhattan. Now, those of you who don't know Manhattan, this is a huge change because the rivers surround Manhattan, which is an island thus the name Manhattan Island. And going from the west side where the Hudson River is to the east side means walking across town. And of course, on the day of a huge fireworks celebration, they have most of the cross streets blocked off or they're blocked off with just so much traffic you can't get from one end to the other. But I happen to know New York pretty well, so I knew where to park. It was a bit of a walk, but it was worth it to park a little bit further away and make the walk rather than try to find a parking spot close to the fireworks. So we made the walk, and it was blocks and blocks and blocks, and it was hot as blazes as summer times often are in New York City. But it was worth it because we trekked along the streets of New York, and it was a family outing, and everybody was going along and having a good time, and we had some dinner, and we walked across Manhattan, and we got some decent seats on the East River. I mean, you have to remember, there's literally millions of people in New York City. So trying to get any quote-unquote good seats... There are no such things. So we just had to make do with what we could find. And we found some spots along the highway and had a beautiful view of the East River. And the fireworks were magnificent. It was an amazing thing to see. You could see them exploding up in the air and the sound and the crowd and the spirit of America that was surrounding us at that time. It was just, it was just one of those glorious celebrations that you could really feel just by being there. And I am so glad that we did it because it's one of those things that has stayed with me to this day. Now, would I do it again? <laughs> Probably not because there's so much traffic. It's so freaking hot. There's so many damn people. <laughs> but at the time, it was great. I loved it. It was, it was wonderful. But as I've gotten older... Yeah, I, I see. I've seen it. I've seen it. That's enough. Thank you. I do a Clark Griswold now. It's, yep, okay, that's what it looks like. Moving on. No, I joke. It was a great experience, and I loved it, and it was something that at least once I recommend doing if you get the chance to do it. Circling back to the fireworks story that I started talking about, as I said, in New Jersey, when I was a kid, it was illegal to have anything more than sparklers. But as I got older, I developed the desire to shoot off my own fireworks. Something about boys and fire and explosives. I really wanted to shoot off fireworks, but you couldn't get them in New Jersey. But I discovered during our vacations that you could buy them in other states and bring them to New Jersey. Yeah, it's illegal, but I wasn't going to tell anybody. Who's going to know? My dad wouldn't let me do it. Of course, as I got older, I also learned I didn't have to tell him. So at one point, 
I actually bought fireworks for myself because I wanted to shoot them off. I wanted to shoot off the Roman candles. I wanted to shoot off a couple of bottle rockets. I wanted to shoot off a couple of things that would explode in the sky. And I could point to it and go, look, I did that. That's my fireworks. So I really wanted to get a packet of fireworks. So while we were away, this is when I had my own driver's license. I was old enough now to drive away from the family vacation site and go get things on my own. And I stopped at a fireworks store and I picked up a pack of 20 different things that I could shoot off. Now, as you probably remember from the vacation podcast, our vacations were in August. So I had to buy my fireworks in August and save them for the following July 4th. That's how desperate I was to shoot off my own fireworks. I bought them in August, hid them in my closet so that nobody would know that I had them and then bring them out the following July 4th. And that's what I did. I stashed them because I didn't want mom finding them. I didn't want my dad finding them. I didn't want my brother or sister finding them. I had to have those fireworks and I had to shoot them off on the 4th of July because that's what you do. So I stashed them until July 4th. And then instead of going out for fireworks, I said, dad, I have a surprise. Can we shoot off some fireworks in the backyard? And he was a little bit surprised that we had fireworks. And he said, shoot off fireworks? How are we going to shoot off fireworks? And I said, well, Dad, last year when we were on vacation, I went to the fireworks store and I, I picked up a small package of some fireworks. And we have a couple of bottle rockets. We have a roaming candle. We have all kinds of cool things we can shoot off. And also, Dad, I got three boxes of sparklers, one for each of the kids. Well, the fact that I'd gotten sparklers for everybody, I think is the thing that saved the day for me because I was thinking of everybody and willing to share my fireworks experience. So he grudgingly gave me his blessing. Of course, my mom had to chime in. Well, aren't aren't they dangerous? Couldn't somebody get hurt? I don't want anybody getting hurt. I don't want to catch the house on fire. What if we catch the house on fire? Are you sure that this is safe? Of course, Mom, it's safe. I know exactly what I'm doing. You just you just put it on the ground on a level surface, you light it up, and it, boom, goes right up in the air. Like I'm a fireworks pro. But, you know, I read the instructions on the box. That's what it said to do. So that's what I was going to do. Put it on a flat surface, light it up, let it go. And so Mom grudgingly gave her approval to this fireworks display. And so we started. We started after we did our sparklers. We did everybody running around the yard and throwing our sparklers in the air and making our names in the lights. And we had colored sparklers. There was blue and there was green and there was yellow. And then it was time for the big display. I had like five things left that I could shoot off. And there was like three bottle rockets, one little rocket that would explode in green colors and the Roman candle, which the way I read it, that was the way to go. That was the final thing to do. So I shot off the first three bottle rockets. It was... And it was great because I was shooting off my own fireworks. It was incredible. And then I shot off the one that blew up in the air and it was... Green all over the sky. It was amazing. And then it came time for the piece de resistance, the Roman candle, which for those who don't know, you light it up and it shoots out little balls of fire and it... It's just a really incredible thing to see. Now, some people hold them. I wasn't going to be that crazy. I was going to put it on the ground and mount it on the little bottle that I had to put all the fireworks in and and let it just shoot the little balls of fire up into the air. Great plan. So I set the Roman candle down. I put it in the bottle. I didn't want to be too close because I didn't want my mom worrying. I didn't want my dad worrying. So I put the Roman candle down on a flat surface. 
I lit the fuse, but in my hurry to light the fuse and get away, I knocked it over. Now, we've all been in a situation like that. We've all been in a spot where we've anticipated something great happening and everything's going perfectly. The fireworks had shot off. Everything was going great. And then you have that moment. You freeze. Your mind goes blank. You have that, oh my God, second. Where you think, I could dive back and straighten it up. I could run like hell the other way. And what you do is you freeze. And that's exactly what I did. And that damn Roman candle started pumping out fireballs aimed right at my dad. Oh my God, I'm going to kill my dad. And to this day, I still remember my dad's eyes as big as saucers as the first of the fireballs started heading towards him. And there was nothing I could do. Well, I guess there was something I could have done. I could have thrown my body on the Roman candle like a grenade and saved the family from the crazed Roman candle that was spinning out of control. But no, I was running the other way. Oh my God, 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 oh my God. It only pumped out about five fireballs and none of them hit Dad. Dad, as it turns out, was actually pretty nimble. (laughs) But it was the first and last time that I was allowed to use fireworks at my parents' house. But it's a time I'll never forget. Anyway, I had originally planned a a kind of a political commentary at the end of this episode because it is Independence Day, and I am a, a true fan of America and the way America is supposed to be. Not necessarily how America is, but how it's supposed to be. But this is story time. I try to keep it nice and light. And if I do decide to do a political commentary, I'll definitely label an episode Gamer Dude Stories About Politics. But in the meantime, instead of that, I'm just going to leave you with this. This country can be a great place if we all work together to make it so. All work together to make this country what it should be and not necessarily what it is. And that's what I try to do in my life. And I hope you will, too. That's how I was brought up, that's how I live my life, and that's the message I give to you. So thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of Storytime. I do appreciate all of the support, all of the kind words, and all of you folks who take the time to send me messages, to comment, and just to listen. Thank you. You make this all worthwhile to me, and I appreciate it. Till next time, you take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.